What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Tanglier, filling the nest that is often occupied by Bobby Hot Take Sylvester. He's vacationing somewhere, trying to get a small break from the football and baseball grind that he does. So from me to you, Bobby, enjoy your time away. But with that being said, the show might even be more off the rails than usual because we're bringing back the unverified Mike and Mike show. No, I'm not talking about the one that broke up or anything like that. I'm talking about myself and Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers. So many people said that they loved the show that we did back together in March before free agency that the boss told me we're getting Mike on the show and trying to bring back the magic that was created back then. Can we do it? I don't know. But the good news is that the other Mike actually showed up. Uh, What's happening, my friend? How how was your weekend? My weekend was spectacular. I appreciated that intro very much. And your statement of the show might go off the rails is, in (laughs) fact, very inaccurate because it is almost guaranteed that I will derail the show at some point. At some point, yeah. I mean, my plans were derailed this weekend. I actually had a, I had an eventful weekend. I felt like an actual real-life person this weekend. I didn't work all weekend. I, uh, I had a bachelor party to go to, I, so I played golf, and I forgot to... Oh. I didn't wear a hat, and I also didn't put sunscreen in my head. And on Saturday, it was like you know 80 <laughs> degrees. It was a beautiful day. My head is about to start blistering. It's not ideal right now. Like it is, it, it, It's actually oh. stinging as we're talking. It's Come not Come on, great. you were in Arizona for some time. You got rule number one of being outside is you put on sunscreen. Yeah. It, I mean, the thing is, I was like trying to get a tan and all that because like, you know. That, I, doesn't, stu- that doesn't help. That just makes tags. It made it worse. You get burnt if you don't put on sunscreen. You actually tan if you put on sunscreen. Well, you know what? If I could go back and change this mic, I would, but I can't. And I'm stuck with what might be blisters on the top of my head. And it's not great. It's, it, I mean, I might be lacking some hair there. So that's probably why this is happening. But I, I've definitely learned my lesson. I almost always wear a hat, but I didn't want to wear a hat because I knew we were going out afterwards. And I'm like, I don't want to have hat head all day. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I should have definitely put sunscreen on. It didn't happen, though. It's a public it, service announcement. People, you got to put the sunscreen on. You got to protect that that gigantic organ that is your skin. <laughs> the giant organ that is your head. Um, yes. Yeah, but if you've learned anything from this show, please take it to wear sunscreen if you go out golfing for five hours. Ridiculous. Uh, with some friends. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I would just like to remind our listeners and Mike that I was right about Allen Robinson to my Bears. I uh, I'm not bragging. I just want to remind you that the 49ers did not get him. You are 100 percent correct. The Bears did get him, and the Bears have been, whoo whoo wee man. <laughs> the Bears they are doing things just the 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 best way possible. You get your franchise quarterback. I was talking about this uh, with the guys on the footballers. I mean, you bring in legit a legit offensive mind. You have your rookie quarterback, not rookie, but young quarterback on his rookie deal. This is when you got to go for it. You got to go for broke and surrounding him with with such an amount of skill players. Uh, Allen Robinson, Miller, uh, the guys who were already there, of course, and Howard. But then also bringing in Trey Burton. It is mm-hmm. just, I am. I am envious of what your Chicago Bears are doing on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I really appreciate that. And I was I was actually really happy. You know, I, I've been bragging as a Bears fan for the first time in my life. I'm not kidding. I never bragged about the Bears. And I'm, I'm really happy. All the moves they've done this offseason feel like they're going to pay off. And I've been called a homer. And that's fine. You can keep calling me that. I'm really not. But I'm actually just really excited about the team. And if this was a team that were in Minnesota, I'd be excited about that team as well. Because they're making the moves that, that we would probably make, you know, as fantasy analysts. Like, looking at the game, not necessarily, like, we're not Jeff Fisher. We're not going to look at the roster and be like, oh, this is going to be fine. It's like shaking things up. It's bringing in talent. Roquan Smith was an awesome draft pick. I really can't wait. I don't want to talk about the Bears too much because I'm going to get in trouble with my producer. He's going to yell at me. I'm sorry, Clinton. I won't talk about the Bears. It was all Mike. This the was, last this was thing, all Mike. I'm going to keep it going, though. It's, this is Bears talk forever. The last <laughs> thing I'll say about the Bears, Trubisky, everything is on him now. This is yes. no longer your coach stinks and has no idea how to draw up an offensive play. They have not surrounded you with garbage. If the team fails, at least, of course, offensively speaking, mm-hmm. if the team fails, it is Mitch Trubisky's fault. Yep. That, no, no, that's 100% on him. The Bears have put all their eggs in the Mitch Trubisky basket, and, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I actually liked Mitch before he was a Bear, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think Mitch is going to be more than okay. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers because he's not. 
But I'm just more concerned about the uh, the conference we play in, the division we play in. The NFC is just it's That's stacked tough. in the NFC North even more so. It's like any team in there. I don't think anybody would be surprised if any team came out of that division. Maybe Detroit. Uh, I don't think I think Detroit's back in the cellar. But uh, it's a, it's a really quarterback heavy division. Uh, every every team got better in the draft, so it's going to be an exciting season for sure. Uh, before we get into the show, I do want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors of today's show, PristineAuction.com. This is the site for your man cave. Like, it's the only one you need. They have something perfect for every team. That's right. Even those who are Cardinals fans. All, oh, items, all items come with certificates of authenticity, so How you don't have to worry about you. getting a fake signature. When I started collecting signed helmets from all 32 teams, I thought it would get really pricey, but it's actually much more affordable than you'd think, and it opens up a lot of conversations when friends and family come over. Uh, you might want to grab a Mitch Trubisky helmet before he blows up with Matt Nagy. I'm just saying. Uh, it's quick. It's free to register and bid. You literally never pay anything unless you win the auction, which is the point after all. So go and check them out at P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com and make sure you, when you register, you let them know that Fantasy Pro sent you because that way we can keep doing these giveaways like the one we're doing right now. Who are are we giving away? We are giving away an Alvin Kamara signed jersey this week and we're also starting entries for a signed Todd Gurley jersey this week as well. So all you have to do is go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast if you're not already, leave a review, screenshot that review, and send that in to contest at fantasypros.com to be entered. It's really that simple. It's like two minutes, and you're going to be entered to win signed jerseys from your favorite fantasy players. But on today's show, what we're going to be talking about is Dynasty League Strategy as well as talking about rookie rankings at the quarterback and tight end positions. Can we talk about my pristine auction collection? You can. Because I have have a lot of them. You absolutely – no, it's funny because I actually – before they even became a sponsor on our show, and I'm not saying this just to say it, before they became a sponsor on the show, I I actually shopped there because I started collecting these helmets, and uh, they are great conversation starters, though. Yes, they're fantastic. And I personally know the people that run the business, and they are tremendous human beings. Yes, yes. No, I've had nothing but great experiences with them. The shipping is pretty quick. Um, everything has gone well. So they have daily auctions, all that fun stuff. But uh, we're going to be talking about, um, like I said, the dynasty, the rookie rankings, the quarterback and tight end, where they belong in startup drafts, and maybe a couple of sleepers at the positions. Uh, but first, we have to talk about a signing that took place yesterday, Mike. In case you missed it, and I know you didn't miss it, but no way. Uh, CJ Anderson signed with the Carolina Panthers. This has so many fantasy owners up in arms about Christian McCaffrey, but I've been calling for this. I actually said after the draft that you should expect CJ Anderson to sign with the Panthers or the Colts um, a week after the draft. Obviously, it took a little bit longer than that, but I think this signing was great from both a fantasy perspective and a team perspective. Mike, are you one of those that really hates this landing spot? No, I'm surprised we agree on this. I thought it was a great landing spot yep. for CJ Anderson. It it did, for me, it took a little bit of the shine off of my Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey projections because as you're doing them, while I'm with you that I expected them to make a move in the draft and not just move forward with Cameron Artis Payne as the banger, they hadn't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. So I had to project the team as is. So it did take some carries away. I like the spot for C.J. Anderson. I'm of the ilk that C.J. Anderson is a better running back than Jonathan Stewart was last year. Uh, I think he fits perfectly into that type of mold. Now, I know we have a different play caller down in Carolina. you got Norv Turner, so you can't just automatically say he's going to do what Jonathan Stewart did last year. But I strongly expect C.J. Anderson to have the most carries on the team. McCaffrey will still have the most touches because of his – his uh, PPR skills, but CJ Anderson, I've, I've got him, you know, up there in the one eighties and carries, maybe he can even get up to 200 depending on, on their game script. But I think it was a tremendous landing spot for him. And I'm with you that the team really needed him. That's, that's what they want to do is they want to get that lead and then, and grind it out. And I, as much as I love Christian McCaffrey, I don't know if he can actually grind games out in the NFL. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you remember, even after, what was it, week one last year, Christian McCaffrey, I want to say, had 18 carries or something like that in the game. And Ron Rivera came out afterwards and he said, you know, we ought to do a better job of this because that's not who Christian McCaffrey is. He's not built to do this. And and going forward, you saw him getting that role of the eight to like 14 carries per game. They weren't giving him workhorse type carries. And so I was confused at all the people that thought he was going to walk into 200 plus carries this year. I was never one of them. And in fact, even before they signed CJ Anderson, I'm like, wow, I have to give Cameron Artis pain at least 150 carries I don't right. like I don't like doing that but I had to and I'm with you I, I CJ Anderson right now I have a I did a very modest uh, projection with his uh, uh, rushing attempts I have him down for 175 but I, I feel like he's going to wind up in that 170 to 200 range J- Jonathan Stewart last year finished the year with 198 carries that ranked 19th in the NFL that was in front of guys like Devonta Freeman DeMarco Murray that's 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 a, that's a huge uh, part of their offense obviously and CJ J. Anderson has never played with a mobile quarterback like Cam Newton, which opens up opportunities. You know, the, the offensive line in Denver wasn't great for C.J. Anderson, but he continually produced good totals on the ground. It was always a health question. And the fact that he's going to a timeshare with Christian McCaffrey, I think this only helps him stay durable. Obviously, he's not going to be used very much in the receiving game at all. Uh, but right now, I, like I said, modest projection, 175. I have him down for 735 rushing yards, four touchdowns on the ground. Not much through the air, but I, I feel like he's going to be on that that RB3 flex conversation most weeks. Man, we, we are in lock here. I got him down for 185. 750 yards and five touchdowns love it love it and that's the thing like I said I think this is the best case scenario I don't think they should have ever asked Christian McCaffrey to handle that I think he's good at what he does and I think you should stick to that like don't ruin the guy because he's not made to handle you know 18 carries a game so yeah another piece of news uh news that I should probably mention uh is that Kobe Fleener was cut by the Saints yesterday I think this is more news about Ben Watson than it is Kobe Fleener and what it means for him. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Ben Watson as a potential streamer in 2018? Oh, streamer. Absolutely. This is one of those situations, though, that I'm going to watch it play out. You had Ben Watson with the tremendous success a couple years ago, but... A couple years ago, Ben Watson was already 45 years old, <laughs> so now he's even older and came off of that. He had a devastating injury in Baltimore, never really got it going with them, but I think that they there will be uh, – he's not starting from ground zero of trust with Drew Brees mm-hmm. and Sean Payton knowing the playbook, so it could take some time, and I'm not – targeting Ben Watson as a late round dart throw in redraft there's there's guys who I much prefer to do over that but it would not shock me at all by week two or week three Ben Watson becomes the hot name on the waiver wire yeah I think he's one of those guys that you could if you wanted to if you're one of those people that that drafts two tight ends uh like let's say you're gonna go with a streaming approach you're gonna grab what Jack is, Doyle. first of all what is wrong with you if you're drafting two tight ends that's I'm I am not on that at all there's you, a are lot you of advising people, people to do. do this I, we, we, that's what we're here to do, though, was advise people not to do that. Don't take two tight ends at the draft. <laughs> I vomit. think Ben Watson might be one of those players that you could snag with the final pick. If you don't take a defense or a kicker, whatever you're playing with, you could take with your final pick, and you're going to know what you have after the first week or two. Because if you do wait, let's pretend that Ben Watson goes out there in week one. Everybody's expecting Michael Thomas, Cameron Meredith, yada, yada. And then Ben Watson goes out there, gets eight targets, catches five balls for 60 yards and a touchdown. Everybody and their grandmother is going to be running to the waiver wire to grab him. So if you snag him with your last pick, which is most most of the time, let's be honest, you're dropping that player. Most players are being dropped that you drafted in the last round because you're waiting to see who the big waiver wire targets are. You're always going to have someone to drop. And that's a really big week. And it's not to say that you know he's going to produce that way every single week, but let's not forget that Ben Watson last year, he caught 61 passes. That ranked eighth in the NFL among tight ends. So he didn't, he came back from his injury. He played decent. And as you mentioned, he knows the offense. So I, I, that's the thing I, and, and you know, being that this is a dynasty show, I want to mention there's a few leagues where I legitimately went, I, I go streaming tight ends and I have no big name tight end on my roster. I'm going to go out there and I, like, I, I'll draft Ben Watson in like the fifth or sixth round of a rookie draft because I can put him on my roster. He can fill in a, a slot until I find, you know, that, <laughs> that gold at the end of a bottle. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't there's there's teams that I need a starting tight end on that I'm just hoping that Vance McDonald takes off. George Kittle, these guys, I feel like you can pair Ben Watson with one of those guys and be okay. I'm not gonna lie to you, Tags. I'm in my dynasty league right now, <laughs> making <laughs> sure that Benjamin Watson is not available on the waiver wire. And he is he is not available. He's been gone for a while. 
I wonder if he's available in our league. I probably should have checked that before talking to you on the show today. I'm going <laughs> to but everything's locked over there, so it doesn't matter. It is. I have Vance McDonald. I have David Njoku, but those guys, I just don't know if they're going to produce this year. So that's, that's also our uh, humble brag. Our tight end situation in the fantasy pros league is not too shabby with Trey Burton, Zach Ertz, and Gerald Everett. Well, hit me up because I, I could use one. I could use a starter. Um, I'm not overpaying though. I'll tell you that right now. The only way I trade players is when people overpay tags. That's smart. That's actually no very, deal. That's very smart. <laughs> this is why I don't trade very often. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk some dynasty. Uh, let's start with dynasty startup drafts. I wanted to ask you because it's it's a really hot topic. There's so many di- diehard dynasty players that they're like, oh, you have to build for the long haul, and then you have some that are like, no, I want to I want to build to win now. Is there a right way to do it? How do you do it? And is the other way wrong? <laughs> That's a lot of questions, right? Uh, it's also, you're also like loading the flamethrower and handing it to me and, and saying, here, uh, there's a bunch of tiny animals over there. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You're going to so, take off someone. That's going to happen. So, yes, there is a right way to do it. And the right way to do it is you always are playing to win. Now, this doesn't mean you have to, in a dynasty startup draft, take Brady with your first pick, take old man Rivers with your second, and just Ben Watson with your third pick. I mean, I'm being hyperbolic here, but you you don't want to have guys who are only going to play for one to two more years. That's that's not how you go about it, and it's not how I go about it. But I am building to win. In the NFL, three years, and for fantasy football specifically, three years is an eternity. So I know that people are – you're so happy when you draft these running backs in, in rookie drafts. You're like, oh, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Melvin Gordon. I've got Melvin Gordon forever. And you're like, uh, maybe. Have you seen what's going on with running backs who are trying to get a second contract these days? Because <laughs> the shelf life is yep. extremely low. So I don't I don't try to play in terms of five plus years. My window that I shoot for is that three to five year gap. Or I'm willing to go under if I think that you're incredibly useful to my team. I do not overvalue youth, especially in the uh, in that startup area. Of course, you want to have some some really young flyers on your team, but I wait to take those shots until much much later. And, and I'm just kind of spewing advice right now, but uh, my advice for those. Those young dart shots, that was a weird phrase, but young, <laughs> young dart shots in the startup, take the shot on guys who people were really, really hot and bothered about, but then they didn't do anything year one. I'm thinking back to my, uh, when I really got into into Dynasty, it was the year after Devontae Freeman broke out, which means that Tevin Coleman, who was a very, very high draft pick, and people loved him, and they were expecting big things, he did nothing. So in Dynasty startup drafts, I'm grabbing Tevin Coleman in like the 12th round because everyone has already given up on them. Like this, These are when you, I, I want to take the shots on the young guys, who especially when they have very high draft capital. You're talking even guys like Josh Doxson. I'll take a shot on Josh Doxson because I know that in a startup, I'm going to get him very late now instead of having to pay through the nose. Even uh, I'm going to, uh, I almost vomited a little bit when I <laughs> thought about saying it, but, but even Devonte Parker, I don't know what his ADP is these days. Mm-hmm. It's pro- probably still too high because the park, <laughs> the Parker train is a very, very strong locomotive, mm-hmm. but just guys like this who had the high draft capital take shots on them much later in the draft. Don't take shots on, incoming rookies who have proved absolutely nothing even Saquon Barkley who I think consensusly among fantasy football and the NFL people this is the most pro ready running back the production and opportunity is there there is zero percent chance he's gonna bust the dirty little secret about Saquon Barkley there is there's still a chance he can bust because this is what happens in the NFL it doesn't matter if he's taken second overall in the NFL draft these guys can still bust so I'm going to hedge and I'm going to mitigate some of my risk by taking my chances on unproven players much, much later in the startup. So 
I, I think when addressing dynasty leagues, I, I always tell people that you have to be very, be, be very mindful of who you're playing with. And I, and I say that because like, you know, our fantasy pros league that we started up. So we did our startup dynasty draft last year for fantasy pros. We invited some of the experts. Mike's in that league. And so in that league. I, I knew going in like how most of us analysts, how we, how we attack these dynasty drafts. We, we know that there's a window and we have to attack that window. But I also think there's a fine line. And I it was so odd because I never end up with rookies in a startup. I never Yeah, did. you ended up very rookie heavy. I did. You? And some of the names on my team have gone up in value. Like uh, Deontay Foreman I have on my team. I have Joe Mixon on my team. I have Corey Davis. I also have John Ross, but I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, David Njoku, I got him as I think it was like the 13th tight end off the board or something like that. So it was just like I felt like value was hitting me at the right spot where it was like, okay, do I take a, do I take a guy like, you know, uh, Pierre Garçon, who I know exactly what he is, I know what he's going to do, or do I take a guy who I feel like the ups- upside's there? I have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's on that team as well. So it's like, I think there's a fine line, but I am I am actually with you in this, though. Uh, if you're, let's say that you know that your league mates, they all, like, they barely, uh, you know, they, they want to get the new rookies, they want to attack this, a play to win now. And I, and I say that because I pulled up, while you were talking, I pulled up ADP data from 2014. This is from startups, by the way. So... Back then, Eddie Lacy was the ninth player off the board. Yeah, so the running back situation of 2014 is going to make you sick to your stomach. Oh, yeah. You have Giovanni Bernard at 13. You have Brandon Marshall at 14. Uh, Doug Martin at 17. Randall Cobb at 18. Monty Ball at 19. Monty Ball, yes. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we're talking, this is like legitimately three years ago. Like, there's been three seasons played, and some of these players literally won't be drafted in your dynasty startup draft. So it's like, you know, I, I go further down the list, you'll get sick. Andre Ellington was a top 35 pick. Percy Harvin was in there. Victor Cruz, CJ Spiller. Like, these are some of the names from just a couple years ago. So, yes, I'm with Mike on this and that, you know, I study rookies a lot more than most people do. So I, I feel like I have a good grasp on where I would want to rank them in my overall rankings. But overall, if you're walking into a startup this year and you're like, you know what, I don't, this is my first time getting into a dynasty play to win now now don't draft nothing but veterans don't take Jordy Nelson and think that he's going to win you a league we're talking about you know if you're on the clock and you have to choose between someone like Corey Davis and um let's see you know Devontae Adams or something like that like take Devontae Adams like yes it's just take the player who's going to help you win now but don't necessarily take veterans who are going to be there for just a year or two most players hit their prime you know four to five years into the league that's when like they're at their prime and then running backs as you mentioned they're going to go downhill, and that's that's where I wanted to hit next, Mike, is that you know we're not going to be talking about specific players at running back this year, but I, I wanted to talk about this because in rookie drafts, do you think it's right that I was looking at it and seven of the top eight players in the expert consensus rookie rankings are running backs? Do you think that's right? I do, actually, I do, and, and that is, uh, I'm sure, exactly how I have it ranked, and it's it's uh it's just the opportunity the these wide receivers the the draft capital and landing spot for high value when you when you're comparing them against these running backs i just don't think that it's there i mean i talk i mentioned uh, anthony miller going to chicago i love him mm-hmm. but anthony miller is the two at best if he earns his way into that passing game he was never going to pass allen robinson and i I've got Trey Burton as uh, a very integral part of that offense. DJ Moore was my number one wide receiver coming into the into the draft. I was so hyped to see where he landed, and then boom, he goes to Carolina. <laughs> and this is not an ideal landing spot for fantasy football. Uh, Cam Newton through the air just we haven't seen him sustain a high level. Uh, fantasy wide receiver for an extended period of time Michael Gallup I think is kind of has the the greatest opportunity yeah in Dallas since they cut their number one or at least the, the perceived number one wide receiver in Des Bryant so his opportunity is very good but then you mix in he's a third round wide receiver while you have all these running backs who the NFL spent their draft capital on running backs this year and they Almost all of them went to really, really high upside areas where opportunity will be there from day one. And that's, uh, like you were saying, I play to win. I don't want to draft a wide receiver who I think in three years can become something and that becomes something, at least through the window I can look through right now, is not a 
dominant number one wide receiver. When I can get a, a running back who can be great for my team this year, if I choose, I can flip him next year, go get that wide receiver who disappointed, yep. and something else. So I'm going to take that equity of my rookie picks, and I'm going to go with running backs in the, in the top five for sure, probably the top seven. Yeah, I have. Uh, I would actually, I again, I agree on this, and I, I wanted to bring up the question. I posed it in a way that maybe you might disagree, uh, but I, I, I agree. I actually have eight of my top nine players are running backs, and the reason I think you hit it on the head was that draft capital. You saw so many teams, every running back I have there in that top nine, they were all drafted inside the top two rounds. When you draft a running back inside the top two rounds, I don't care who's on your roster. You're going to ride this kid like you are going. They're going to ride that player because it's it's become a young man's position. And that's why you don't see a lot of these veterans getting jobs. You want to get them on that first contract. So many people are worried about like, well, where are they going to wind up after this? Are they going to keep them around for four or five doesn't years? Matter. It doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. Some of these names are not even going to be literally they won't be drafted. Like you might see carry on Johnson. Like I know you're a carry on fan, but you might not see him in the league in six years like that. That's a realistic possibility. So, I mean, I, I agree because. When you're talking about these rookie drafts, so again, these are this is for players who have been in a dynasty league and you're doing a separate rookie draft. The reason I like running backs higher is because of what you said, Mike. You, you take the production now because they're going to produce in their rookie year. I think that there was six of the top 10 running backs last year were like young bucks. Uh, so you're going to produce immediately and then you're going to get guys like Calvin Ridley, like Cortland Sutton, like Michael Gallup. You're going to get them for a lot cheaper next year. Those guys are going to decline in value while these running backs... They're going to, you're going to get everything you can out of them right now. They're going to help you win now. So it is important to, un, to, to know your team. Uh, because like, I think there is a clear line because after like after after number nine, I don't have another running back until like the 17th or 18th player off the board. So I think there's a clear tier and it's those running backs that were selected in the top two rounds is carry on your, the bottom of your T or is it uh Freeman? He is. So the thing is, is I, I think carry on is, is a solid all around running back, but I also feel like Matt Patricia, like what he's doing out there. I think that he's going to try and build like what it appears to be a timeshare because LeGarrette Blunt signing uh, Theo Riddick is not going away. Amir Abdullah should have been traded. There's so many things that are going on there. That I don't like love. He's the one who's got the most questions walking in, right? Like I just, yeah, like I, the draft capital makes me put him ahead of guys like DJ Moore. Absolutely. Like I understand why people want to like Johnson because he can get it done on third down too. But with the talent they have on the roster, I just I've, I've never liked the way that Detroit built their backfield, uh, their offensive line. They started doing some things with, but yeah, Royce Freeman. I love Royce Freeman, but he's not really one that's going to catch very many passes. I don't think so. Those are the guys who are in that tier, and I I can make an argument for any of the guys from seven to nine. Those three running backs I have: Royce Freeman, right. Nick Chubb, and Carryon Johnson. I can make arguments for any one of them. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really close, but that's what I'm saying is like the only player, the only wide receiver, I'll mention this now because I released my rookie rankings earlier today. Um, check it out on the site. If you haven't yet, I top 50 of them. I put Calvin Ridley in there because, you know, at some point I have to say, all right, do I like, like First I said, round pick. I have some question marks about the running backs behind him. Uh, but that's what I'm saying is like, I know he's not going to walk it in and produce right away. You're not going to, you're not going to like get that equity of the sixth pick where I have him right away. You're not unless Julio Jones goes down and Julio Jones has been known to suffer some injuries. So it's very possible that Calvin Ridley, you know, he's a pro ready receiver, all this, like I'm going to talk about him in the wide receiver episode, but, um, I'm glad we're on the same page here, though, because like most years, we don't see eight of the top nine picks being running backs, but it I think it comes down to draft capital. Yep. Awesome. All right, guys. So another sponsor for today's show is Flea Flicker. It's go time for fantasy football spring drafts. If your current site makes league updates harder than they need to be, it's time to try something better. Flea Flicker understands your pain points. It was built for commissioners by commissioners. Features like email drafts make draft coordination a breeze and your league will appreciate the ability to trade year round, including future draft picks like Dynasty Leagues. Add in lightning fast live scoring and an easy to use interface, powerful commissioner tools, Dynasty features and a new mobile app and you're going to be good to go. Want to spice things up this season? Choose from 125 scoring rules and 12 NFL positions. Flea Flicker has partnered with Fantasy Pros to provide reliable rankings and projections. And best of all, Flea Flicker is 100% free. Visit fleaflicker.com forward slash pros today. That's F-L-E-A flicker.com forward slash pros. All right. So Mike, 
I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to discuss our, our, our top five quarterbacks, our top five tight ends, and then compare them to see where we differ and maybe talk about like why we differ on those rankings. So let me start with my top five quarterbacks and tell me if you disagree on any of these. I have, okay. I have, and this is dynasty rankings. This is for fantasy football dynasty purposes. I have Baker Mayfield at one. I have Rosen at two. I have Sam Darnold at three, Lamar Jackson at four, and then Josh Allen at five. I think we're completely in agreement. What is happening with this show? This is no fun. <laughs> we have the same name. We agree on everything. This is this has gone straight to hell. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Uh, I think Baker, uh, my love for Baker uh, knows no bounds. Correct. And he is my top tier by a lot. Cleveland, I think you did it right. I think that mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield is going to turn this franchise around next year when Hugh Jackson is no longer the coach of the team and he's still surrounded by by weapons and then you have Rosen at two I do have Rosen at two yeah I just I like the landing spot the situation of being in it in Arizona I know his the division you know it's it's not the easiest with what the what the what the Rams in San Francisco are doing right now but you get eight home dome games a year. You you don't have to have that pressure of New York and playing out in that weather and all up and down the East Coast. I, those those are factoring in because we don't know uh, exactly how these guys are going to play out in the the weapon situation. Rosen uh, Rosen gets Christian Kirk now here for his his first four years minimum, mm -hmm. and I Christian Kirk is a, I think a sensational wide receiver. He also, of course, gets to play with Hall of Fame Larry Fitzgerald, yep. while Sam Darnold, eh, the outlook is just not as clear for him. The Jets might make a splash uh, at the free at the wide receiver position, but that's what has me leaning towards Rosen. What what's your what's your takeaway for Rosen versus Darnold? I'm I'm actually with you on, on a lot of those points. I do worry about the division because Arizona's division, you know, obviously with the Rams out there, that's gonna not that's not getting any easier. <laughs> uh, but Darnold is is walking into a situation where it's like they have so many mediocre players on offense, like they don't have any true stars, and I, I don't know how they're going to do this going forward because they need to build the offensive line. I, I worry about it. Like, like Robbie Anderson's in trouble with the law all the time. Jermaine curse is just a guy. I do like our Darius Stewart as a player, but again, we're not talking about elite players. Christian Kirk is a solid player. Like he's someone that's going to walk in. He's going to learn from Fitzgerald. He's going to walk in and play that slot role. He's going to be that guy over the middle of the field that Josh Rosen can trust. I don't think Darnold has that. And I think I, I had Josh Rosen a little bit, is, is a little bit better of a player than Sam Darnold. It's, it's close, though. Sure. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. It is close. Um, the one that really I could see where people are, are mad at us about these is because Lamar Jackson and what he presents from an upside standpoint. Because the thing is, the reason I don't have Mason Rudolph in this range is because Mason Rudolph, even if he turns out to be a solid NFL quarterback, he's never going to be a top 10 guy. Like, he's just not. That's He, he offers you no mobility, and he's just he's just not that guy. Whereas Lamar Jackson, he very well could be, you know, Deshaun Jack Deshaun Watson 2.0. Like that that could happen. Like I'm not going to sit here and dismiss that it won't. I think that the Ravens are going to give every chance they can to Joe Flacco before they go that route. I don't. I I still have Joe Flacco playing all 16 games as the starter this so year. So do I. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson plays a snap. So I think you're going to be able to get him cheaper uh, after this year if you want to. But he, it just kind of reminds me of like the whole Tyrod Taylor situation with him in Baltimore. Like he just didn't get a chance to play. And if Lamar Jackson doesn't get a chance to play, how often do those quarterbacks really pan out? Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's the running that makes things different. That's why Lamar Jackson gets the bump. And honestly, if we knew that Lamar Jackson was being drafted into a starter position mm -hmm. this year, he might even be my two. Yep. Just because of the way that fantasy football works, like it or hate it, this is you got to play within the rules that you are given and running quarterbacks just have a safer baseline uh, compared to just pocket passers. Yeah, but the longevity though, that's another reason why I have Lamar Jackson out of four is like, even if let's say he, that, that they give Flacco every chance this year. And then they're saying, you know what? Lamar Jackson's our starter next year. First off, I think, I think they need a new offensive coordinator because they need to get more creative to, in a way to use Lamar Jackson. But Mobile quarterbacks, like their their career longevity, especially someone as small as Lamar Jackson, is not very good. Like looking at the career, like like the the path that they follow, it has nothing to do with are they a good passer? Can they move? Like do they offer mobility? They just don't hold up. Like you, RG three, his rookie year, he was better than Andrew Luck. 
Like he was better than him. And then RG3 literally went to nothing. Like people now he he basically has a third string job behind Lamar Jackson and he was brought right. into Baltimore to help, you know, kind of show him the ropes. So the longevity is 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 a part of it for me at the quarterback position and I think that Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold are going to be starters in the NFL for a really long time because of the quarterbacks that they are. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. It, it for Lamar Jackson it's will you be smart like Russell Wilson? and protect your body and still rack up all those rushing yards or will you go the careless route of Robert Griffin where you just you sacrifice your body and you literally sacrifice your career Correct. because you're not making the smart moves let's play a game real quick all right we're, we're we're about to take place in a startup dynasty draft okay you're on the board here's a couple quarterbacks that are there for you Philip Rivers Ben Roethlisberger Lamar Jackson which way do you go I would still go with Roethlisberger. You think he's going to play? I, it, yeah, I do. I think Roethlisberger. Did you see his quote? I did. Oh, man. Oh, the best part of that quote is it really should be changed to, uh, I don't see how this draft pick helps me <laughs> win right now. When you can go and you look, literally the Super Bowl MVP was a backup quarterback. I think the Eagles were glad they had invested in a backup quarterback. Regardless, <laughs> I I think that Roethlisberger, I would rank those guys, Roethlisberger, then Rivers, and then Jackson, because two of those guys are starting, starting quarterbacks right now. How long will they play? I'm not sure. I know it. maybe it's just one year. Maybe it's three years for both of them. And even though both of us are projecting Lamar to be the starting quarterback of the Ravens next year, that's not a guarantee. Correct. And so in with with my startup draft capital, I'm going to go with the guarantee and guys who get it done. These aren't garbage fantasy quarterbacks. Roethlisberger has top five upside every year, it, which we, we never fully see right. it, but at least it's there. And then Phillip Rivers is the just a super solid low-end one or high-end two, depending on how you view him. But I'm going to take that production every single time over the the upside of a rookie who might start next year. Correct. I have, so I, the order I have it, I have it actually Rivers, Roethlisberger, then Jackson. Sure. But the thing is, is that's like the territory that I have, Jackson, where it's like it's right after those guys. Now, would you take Lamar Jackson over someone like Case Keenum? Ooh, that's a great question. And uh, like the Broncos are now locked into him for two years. Like that's happening. Like right. Yeah. No matter what, he's starting for two years for them. Yeah. And I really like what the Broncos have done with their the offensive side of their draft of just of get preparing themselves for Thomas and Sanders to fade away into the sunset man I think I think I would take Keenum but this also depends on where we are in the draft how many quarterbacks are already on my team let's say I'm drafting my third quarterback and it's later on the draft then I'm then I'll probably take Jackson I'll take the the upside stash because I already got two starters who I know I can rely on so by the way I just want to bring this up because you know we were just talking about Ben Roethlisberger saying you know oh well, how does this help how does this help the team win how does this well, help me win yeah right well that's that's all what it comes down to because Ben Roethlisberger by the way you have played 16 games three times in your career and on top of that you you talked about retiring last every year, year. To, every year it's you, like the last three years I swear you implied in the middle of the season after Jacksonville handed you your buttocks that maybe you shouldn't be playing football anymore are you kidding me of course they're going to get a backup quarterback it's ridiculous it is ridiculous all right so speaking of ridiculous i want you to give me some ridiculous names that you would draft baker mayfield over in a startup quarterback oh man. like would you take him hold on a second i'm gonna throw out some names here and i just want you to, yeah please give would me you would you take him over marcus mariota I kind of want to say yes. I also want to kind of want to say yes. Yes. What, yes. What, what about Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky? Not over Mahomes. Uh, I just I believe in his talent. I was not a Mitch Trubisky guy coming into uh, last year's draft. But like I talked about, Chicago has done just so many incredible things. I would take Trubisky. You still have to factor in Hugh Jackson and his nonsense <laughs> of uh, you have what the report that Todd Haley's going to have a carte blanche of the offense. Oh, by the way, 
Tyrod Taylor is our starting quarterback. Uh, well, <laughs> those those two statements don't don't seem to mix, and you just spent the one on one on a quarterback. So we'll see how long Tyrod Taylor actually gets to be the quarterback. What's your over under? How many games for Tyrod starting this year? So I looked at their bye week, and their bye is coming in week eleven. So I'm I, I went ten six. I, I went that really? Tyrod starting up to the bye week because I think that I think it's going to take a while for them to move on because of the fact that they they literally gave up the first pick in the third round. That's not little, which that's is read. It's stupid. It's stupid for a rent a quarterback considering they knew who they were going to be taking all along. I thought it was going to be a developmental quarterback, and make Baker's not really that. Baker's ready to play. Um, now, granted, should, can he use some time on the bench? Yeah, I think every rookie should take some time to learn you know through practice just taking mental reps but I, I, that's why I thought that they were taking Sam Darnold because I was like okay he's he's considered someone who's pretty green you know he could walk in and you know t you know take a year off but yeah no I, I have it at 10 games right now for Tyrod and if Hugh gets, if Hugh gets fired the question should be does Hugh get fired before they they go to Baker or does he go to Baker to try and save his job Ooh, I, I would lean the latter of him making them feeling the pressure from the GM and the uh, the owner to get Baker Mayfield out there. I think that's yeah. how it would go. So, and but back to the question, I would. I feel like I want to take Baker over Mariota, but I also think Mariota just had a really down year yeah. and was the product of poor coaching and things. So now now that uh, I think the situation is better than it was last year for Mariota, I think he's going to bounce back, N not to the point of being a top eight quarterback or whatever that people were hoping mm -hmm. hoping he would turn into but just really knowing that he is solid drafting a rookie that I love over that that's that's hard for me to do yeah no I, I completely understand and that's the thing I have these guys all in the same tier and that's why I was asking you the question on that uh the one one player that I have I would take all those guys I'd take Mariota I'd take Mayfield I'd take Mahomes Trubisky all of those guys I would take over Derek Carr I don't know if I'm alone on that wow yeah. I Am, I'm not opposed to that. I think we have. I think we've seen Derek Carr's ceiling. And now, speaking of of coaching coming in and ruining things, uh, we're, they're tied we're to him taking, forever. We're busting out our trapper keeper <laughs> folders, our snap on bracelets, the Goo Goo dolls. We're bringing back the '90s, baby. It's gonna be great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's that. So ultimately, I it forced me. Speaking of that, it forced me to lower Amari Cooper on my dynasty draft board because John Gruden went there. Like, I'm not. I I mean, I'm just sorry. I I don't think that you should tie your franchise to his name for as long as they did. And um, ten years is that right? Yeah, hundred million dollars. What? They're basically saying that he's the new GM too. So like, you, yeah, I. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Cong congratulations to John Gruden. I mean, how do you? <laughs> That's why he came. I know. Out. I understand. I understand. He won a Super Bowl with a team that he didn't really put together. I understand that. And then he just went and and gained value in an announcing booth. Yep. I mean, fondness makes the heart grow fond, right? Yep. That's. <laughs> Like, we don't forget that the end of John Gruden's career, right? Like, people haven't forgot that. I don't know. The no, game's evolved. Did. The game's evolved, and they, he wants to turn it back. Oh, man. Good luck, Oakland. Yeah, there's a reason the game evolved, because you get better. You learn things as you go on, John. We don't go back. You know, you're not going to run the ball 500 times a year. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a rant, so I don't want to do that. All um, right, well, you turn. So, yeah, the Derek Carr thing, I wanted to throw that out there. And, like, the, another piece of advice, like, if you're taking a part in a startup draft, you know, we talk about win now. Like, here's a question for you. Let's say you're building your roster through there, and you you feel like you're doing a good job of, of preparing to win now. Do you take someone like a, a Baker Mayfield, a Patrick Mahomes, or what if Tom Brady and Drew Brees are there and you feel like you could win now? Do you take those guys over? And I'll, I'll answer first because I, I don't want you to feel like you're on an island here. I would take those the younger guys over Brees and Brady right now in a dynasty. Ooh, I would... Uh, the way that I play, and maybe this sounds like a hedge, but I would, I'd make the decision, decision, and I would mix, mm. and I would, I would take Drew Brees or Brady, who I lean Brees because the the way that the winds are blowing in New England, things are just there's way too much smoke happening mm -hmm. with all the, I mean, the article that came out of saying there's a bunch of infighting was disputed, but then you had this. Tom Brady, I plead the fifth. Yeah, on, he played right I, into that. It, it just, it's, it's just weird. Like, I mean, Tom Brady at, could have shut everything down right there, but he ins instead he chose to stoke the flames mm -hmm. of that conversation. So it's just, it's just really weird 
what is happening up there. Meanwhile, they love Drew Brees down in New Orleans. Sean Payton is tied to him. I think we still have a few more years. I am of the calling for a pretty big bounce back for Drew Brees. I don't see the Saints having a mm -hmm. one-to-one ratio of touchdowns of passing to rushing for all those who want uh, who are just saying Alvin Kamara is an easy top five pick. He'll probably be in my rankings there, but just saying there's I've got regression coming and positive regression going to Drew Brees throwing touchdowns. So I would still get Brees and try to win right now. Having said all of that, everything does come down to draft capital. But the nice thing about guys like Drew Brees is they tend to fall very far in dynasty startup drafts. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the thing is just like, I, I think being aware and I say, you know, I say that all the time, being aware of who you're playing with, be aware of your roster and be honest about your roster. Look at it and say, are these guys going to be studs this year? Or am I looking for a year or two out? If you're looking for a year or two out, don't draft Drew Brees because, or Tom Brady, because you know, those guys have two years left max. I'm putting a cap on that. I think there's a reason Drew Brees signed a two-year deal. I think Tom Brady's done after this year. I don't think he plays another year after this one. Uh, I think that it's all coming to a head, and NFL's going to lose these guys. So that's the reason I take the young guys over them in a vacuum. But again, if your team is built to win now, like you have the Antonio Browns, you have the Julio Jones, you have uh, you know Le'Veon Bell, like these are this like your roster is stacked to win now. Yeah, go ahead and take one of those guys because you never know when you're going to get a chance to win. You know your dynasty championship again. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we've talked about quarterbacks a lot longer than I thought we could, we were going to be able to, but we made we made good conversation. We did it. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about some tight ends. And, you know, this is another fun one because the tight ends typically don't have value right when they start, like right when right when they come into the league, it usually takes a, a couple of years for them to develop. Is the game changing? Maybe, you know, you know, we last year we had <laughs> uh, what did Evan Ingram finish as the number three tight end? Uh, so obviously yeah, he walked yeah, in three or four OJ Howard finish, uh, I think is a top 12 tight end. Uh, and then, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like we have tight ends starting to come into the league and they're used more as wide receivers than anything. So, you know, these are important to talk about. So let's go through our top five here. I'll let you go first and I'll, and I'll tell you if I agree with what you've got. Oof, all right. My top, I'm trying to decipher my rankings over here. Uh, coming into the draft, I can say, I had Goddard, Dallas Goddard, as my clear number one, and then the Philadelphia Eagles had to go and just <laughs> crap all over my dreams. What are they doing? Oh, man. You know who crept all over my dreams is the Ravens because they took two tight ends that I yes. actually thought could have decent value in the NFL. They're both crazy good like receiving options. And um, and they took, they took the guy who I liked more second. Mark Andrews? I mean, yeah. I like, Mark, I like Mark Andrews more than Hurst, and then – but now they draft capital and screwed everything yep. up. Yep. And I freaking Baltimore. That's the thing is like, uh, so yeah. So my number one coming in was Mike Kosicki. And I just think that the ceiling with him is massive. Like, I, I feel like he's, he might be one of those guys that we're talking about. Like, you know, we talk about, we talked about Rob Gronkowski and, and Jimmy Graham for so long. I think Gasicki could be one of those guys. Now I'm concerned about where he landed a little bit, but here's the reason I still have him at number one, because He's going to have a new quarterback throwing to him in 2019, most likely. And if he doesn't, it's because right. Ryan Tannehill blew the top off this offense. I feel like Adam Gase has gone after this year. I feel like it's a whole new regime coming into Miami next year along with a quarterback. So Gasicki, again, we're not expecting so much out of his rookie year, but I have him number one. Goddard fell to number two, even though we know that Zach Ertz, his injury history has caused him to miss a couple games. And that's why Trey Burton was able to shine in a few spots. Sure, and so like I said, Gasicki coming in was, or I apologize, Goddard was my number one. I actually had Andrews as my number two guy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm with you fully on Gasicki of when a guy comes into a combine and does those things, and then you go, whoa, hold, hold on. What did this guy did? <laughs> he did what? It's ridiculous, man. And, and then you go, okay, oh, I got to review this film, look at his actual production. Gasicki did move up to my number one tight end and Goddard's actually my three uh behind Hurst and Andrews I kind of hedged with with Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews they're right next to each other mm -hmm. because I just I'm not sure who's going to uh step out to to become the actual pass catcher or primary pass catcher uh, for for Flacco but Goddard man it, you have to assume he's sliding into that Trey Burton role and you're right when when Ertz was out Trey Burton came in and was wildly successful but when Zach Ertz was playing 
I don't have the the target count off uh, in front Not of great. me. So it's like two or three targets it was, a game. It, yeah, you're talking. I think he had like 20 total targets over the course of 13 games or something. It was it really really bad. So I had to lower him, and you're just that's the only thing that you are accounting for. I believe with Goddard is that something happens with Zach Ertz, who is on a brand new massive contract. So Zach Ertz is not going anywhere. It would simply be a health situation. Mm -hmm. I, the move was baffling to me by Philadelphia that you would move up in the second to go right. get a a clone, essentially, of, of Ertz because I don't see Goddard out there doing work as a blocker correct he's not a developed blocker right now no it, yeah so it, go no, ahead yeah and that's the thing is like it, it's so tough with him because that's one like you're just you're almost just putting him on your roster because he's talented and that that was going to lead me to my next question though I, I i know we're talking about this we have mike gasicki number one in our in our dynasty rankings but i want to throw this out there and say if we have listeners out there playing for a championship in 2018 like they're they're playing you know they're, they've already had their dynasty startup draft a long time ago they've been playing for years their team is built for a championship run in 2018 should it affect these rankings and if so which players would you move up? You know, we're talking about Mike Gesicki. We're talking about Dallas Goddard, Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews. And I mean, I guess even Ian Thomas, like he's the fifth wheel here. Uh, he's the one, like, I think after that clear top four that Ian Thomas, but he's a backup to Greg Olson. So we'll stick with the four. Which one of these guys, if they're playing for a championship and if they like, let's say they really need a tight end, would you change around this list at all? I would not. You you got to go with, with Gesicki, the, the draft capital, his production profile his actual athletic measurables he's got to be the guy that I would take and hope that he somehow turns into Evan Ingram you have a, a mass massive hole in Miami with Jarvis Landry going you have, which equates to about 300 targets a season <laughs> so so it, there there is a possibility that somehow Gasicki comes in and produces from day one I would put it at a low probability but it at least makes sense. It's not, it's not, it's not an incredibly far-fetched idea. I want to get your take on uh, on Dalton Schultz for the Dallas Cowboys because uh, I actually have him as coming in at that fifth tight end of what what is Dallas going to do with Jason Witten's sudden retirement. I mean, you have it. It's basically is it Dalton Schultz? Is it Rico Gathers? That's the thing for the Dallas Cowboys. That's the thing is I what I feel like Dallas should do is walk out and say, "Okay, guys, we made a mistake. Ravens, what do you want from Mark Andrews? Like we screwed <laughs> up. Like we'll just admit screwing up now. What do you want from Mark Andrews? Because that is the guy. Actually, when running routes and watching him catch passes, he reminds me a lot of Jason Witten. Uh, he's not quite the blocker because Mark Andrews just doesn't block right now. Um, but right. yeah, I Schultz. I don't know. I I don't, I don't feel great about him. I don't. I don't feel like he's going to walk in because like Dallas hasn't been the type to just stick rookies on the field. And when it comes to the tight end position, you know, we remember James Hanna. We remember uh, Gavin right. Escobar. Like, but granted, they were behind Jason Witten, but they never got playing time. So I think Rico Gathers is in line for the job right now, whereas Schultz is going to mix in. Um, my target distribution right now is 56 to 27 Gathers. Uh, I don't feel confident about it yet. I mean, I want to see what they do in preseason. I think that they're going to treat this as a competition. But again, I don't. I didn't profile Dalton Schultz as someone who's going to walk in and 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 contribute to fantasy football right, right away. And that's that's why I feel so. That's why I, I have gathers there. But going back to to talk about which player like should players move on this list based on if you're competing for a championship and Gasicki, I probably still keep him at number one just because you know the potential's there and he's someone that can contribute right away. Because if you look at Miami's depth chart, I mean AJ Derby, they drafted. They're another team that drafted two tight ends in the top five rounds. Uh, Durham Smythe, they drafted him. Um, but Gesicki is the guy. I mean, looking at the wide receivers, what they did there with with Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola, it's puzzling. But those guys are going to fill some of that Jarvis Landry role. So I don't I don't necessarily love Gesicki this year. I feel like I, I think I have him right around my tight end 22 in redraft rankings. But if there's one that really should move up boards, and I, I would have him at number two, and I would... I don't say I don't want to say I would take him over Gasicki, but Hayden Hurst um, is walking into an offense with the Ravens. Joe Flacco is still the quarterback. They've targeted the tight end position 285 times over the last two years, and that was with Ben Watson and Dennis Pitta. 
So we're not talking about like supremely talented individuals. Hayden Hurst is going to be 25 years old when the season started. They drafted him very high. Like, you know, they took him in the first round. So obviously he's a guy that they're going to depend on. I know they added some receiving options there, but Hurst is like, he reminds me of like an Aaron Hernandez, Greg Olson type player where they're going to move him around everywhere. I think he's going to line up in the backfield sometimes. I think he's going to line up as wide receiver sometimes. I just think the targets are going to be there. And I want to say, if it, in strictly redraft, I'm going to have Hurst ranked a little bit higher than Gasicki, but we're talking about Dynasty, and even though mm. you're getting a little edge, well, I believe that you're getting a little edge in 2018, I don't think it's a big enough edge to like, you know, bump Hurst over Gasicki, because Gasicki does have that ceiling in 2018 as well, it's just I have a little less confidence in the offense that he's playing in. Yeah, the the, the fact that they spent the first round. I do have Hayden Hurst, like I said, slightly above Andrews, but third round. I mean, it's it it's not enough for for me to just to confidently say that Hurst will be the guy. And it could like it could just turn into a massive timeshare yeah. where these guys completely cannibalize each other, and neither is good for fantasy football mm-hmm. purposes. So this year only. All my chips are getting pushed onto Gasicki. No, that's that's fair enough, and I mean that's that's the thing is like I wouldn't I wouldn't move him down that far just because I, I believe that the, the the ceiling there is just so massive. Um, but you meant you mentioned Schultz. It, it's really tough at, at, at the tight end position because again, these, this is a very top heavy position. It's very rare that you'll find a fantasy guy um, down the list where it's like, um, is there anybody? Are there any sleepers at the tight end position that maybe nobody's talking about because? The you know four or the five we discussed are all uh, they're in the consensus top fifty, but there's no other tight end in the top fifty for the yeah for a reason yeah I kind of <laughs> I kind of agree with you on that one um, but let's do the same thing that we did with quarterbacks and talk about like in startups like if you're drafting Gesicki let's I'm gonna give you a few okay. names here on guys that maybe you, this should be easy well I hope it is but you it might not be though Jimmy Graham Greg Olson Delaney Walker. Mike Gesicki, do you take him over all those guys? None of them? Which way do you go? Ooh, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You made it difficult. Uh, I take him over Jimmy Graham because I am a staunch anti-Jimmy Graham <laughs> fantasy football player. Uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. You had your time, but I think that time has come and gone. Greg Olson, he, there was, I mean, we had that little confidence shake when there was the talk of him pulling a Jace. How funny is this? That the the news earlier in the offseason, everyone freaked out because Greg Olson was doing work, practicing, or interviewing for a potential yep. booth job. And then Jason Witten is the one <laughs> who rope dopes <laughs> us and sneaks out. And he's now he'll be announcing for football games. I thought that... And, and meanwhile, Greg Olson signs an extension. Yep. So I think I would still take Olson over him. And who was the third Delaney guy? Walker. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take Gasicki over Walker. Uh, I think that Jonu Smith is coming for the Tennessee Titans. I really like him moving forward, and Walker is just he's he's on the way out, and at, at least as a primary target. And I think Greg Olson can still give us you know two to three years, which is my window that I want two to three years of higher level tight end production. I have another one for you, and I didn't think I was going to ask this one, but I have to because you're you're gushing about them, about the Bears and what they've done. But what about Trey Burton? No way. Trey Burton all the way over Gasicki. Okay. And and this is is not a – I'm not trying to be the Bears bandwagoner here, but Burton Burton already has had time to produce. He's already had time to learn – the NFL game, you talked about the the known learning curve for tight ends coming into the pro league. Burton's already there. Burton has already produced, and he's coming to an offensive system that has seen Travis Kelsey become a perennial top three mm-hmm. tight end. I'm not saying Burton's going there, but he's a pass-catching catch, pass first tight end with a head coach or who was calling plays, and we saw him feed the tight end. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm very, very bullish on Trey Burton moving I, forward. I agree. I have him as a top 10 tight end in redraft rankings already. So I actually have him. Yes, so I have him I. above Gesicki. I wanted to know if I was out of my mind there. But yeah, you, you mentioned it. You know, between Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, and Doug Peterson, over the last three years, their offenses have averaged, I think it was 156 tight end targets a year. So, you know, you're not going to look at Deion Sims and be like, hey, we're going to have you catch some passes. Adam Shaheen, right. they would have never brought in uh, Trey Burton if they felt Shaheen was ready. He's a, he's a, he was a very developmental guy. I think he's going to be a red zone threat. But Trey Burton, it's going to be – I would be shocked if he doesn't see 90 targets in this offense. Like, and he – coming Agreed. over, he knows the offense. 95% of the playbook, they say he knows. So it's just developing that chemistry with Mitch Trubisky in the offseason. Let's go a little further down. So Goddard, you know, he's number two on your list or you know oh, well he's he's in no, between God, he's I've, in between Hurst. I've got her down at four so because I don't see any kind of path to to fantasy fantasy superstar so well that well so here so you have him at four in your rookie rankings but would you take him over guys like Tyler Eifert Cameron Bray <sighs> no because I can't use him Cameron Bray even though he pulled a full Houdini there at the at the second half of the mm -hmm. season. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay showed him the money and he's coming back. So I I'm going to take a guy who I know is going to be on the field and has already has NFL production. So I would go with him. Eifert maybe it simply because of of so many injuries that are we going to get to the point where Tyler Eifert just has to retire mm -hmm. because he can't stay on a football field. So if if you want to go with that argument, I'm okay with that. But I still would take the chance for Eifert personally. Gotcha. And that's the thing. Eifert, I'm souring on him. Like, he he waited out there in free agency. Uh, he ended up signing a one-year deal back with the Bengals. The Bengals have added some offensive weapons. I think Joe Mixon's going to be more involved. Hopefully John Ross can get on the field. Uh, so I'm souring on Eifert. I've moved him down in my rankings. He's down with, like, Eric Ebron and Austin Hooper, who I don't love. So one more comparison here. So you liked Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, roughly the same. You're very close. And honestly, I'm right there with you. They're right next to each other in my dynasty ranks. So what about those two guys or George Kittle, Jack Doyle? What about those guys? George, I would take George Kittle for sure. I know that there was the rumors of San Francisco being in on the Trey Burton sweepstakes. But when a player like Trey Burton shows up, you have to at least – make an attempt to get him but I think that George Kittle is he's one of my favorite late round guys mm -hmm. you had already kind of mentioned Vance McDonald but McDonald and uh Kittles and Bits as we call him <laughs> on the footballers I like him a lot he's got a, a very handsome franchise quarterback moving forward he's set up <laughs> for success so I'm gonna go with George Kittle what was that second name so wait, Jack Doyle doesn't have a handsome quarterback throwing him the ball? Uh, does he have a quarterback throwing him the ball is, is question number one. Jacoby Brissett has died as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I was just trying to go with the low-hanging Andrew Luck joke, but yeah, no, Jacoby I, you know, I get there. It. I, I, I completely understood it, but uh, yeah, he looks like a uh, someone, a war veteran from like the 1920s. Yeah, and Jack Doyle, while he proved when he was necessary – that he could come through for fantasy production. Now with Ebron there, it, I don't think the outcome is as rosy. He'll have he'll have his games, of course, and Ebron will probably have a game or two as well, but it won't be anything reliable or consistent like it was last year. So I might I might take the shot on the Ravens tight end, hopefully turning into something but like we were, we were just talking about with the quarterback situation and you calling for the, the firing of everyone in, in the Baltimore <laughs> in Baltimore uh general front office I mean like a savage I mean I didn't know you were so rude hoping that people lose their jobs <laughs> uh but there's so much in flux for Baltimore that I probably still would take Jack Doyle over those guys yeah I have Doyle just like literally one spot higher yeah, so that's what I mean just above him. yeah so yeah you and I are I've been pretty much in lockstep with all this stuff I've got I've got her just over Doyle there just because I the Goddard thing is just like you know if something does happen to Ertz if he does miss time like he's gonna walk he's gonna into be a role great. and he might just be the next you know Trey Burton where it's like yeah you might have to wait a couple years and with tight end most of the time you do anyways so that's why I felt with Goddard he's there but yeah he I definitely soured on him I moved him behind those veterans like Greg Olson and Delaney Walker so 
that's where I'm at on those, man. But this was fun. I we oh, I mean, we always, always we always have fun. Somehow we made it very entertaining talking. Well, I think we did anyways. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna hear about it um, by talking about quarterbacks and tight ends and dynasty, which is something that's like a it's like a taboo topic. I think. Well, it's I don't know if the listeners realize this, but it's it's the hardest thing to talk about is dynasty tight ends. Yeah. It's 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 really tough. It's really tough to talk about tight ends in general because basically like touchdowns uh, every single week. It's the toughest position to be accurate on. We have that data at uh, Fantasy Pros to show you that it's just it's so hard to predict. So talking about yeah. dynasty tight ends and who's going to make it, who's not um, take the chance on someone like a over someone like Jordan Reed or Jimmy Graham. Just do that. Um, in our I mean, our tight end show, because everyone does the ranking show on the tight end, <laughs> and you, sp- you spend 45 minutes going, okay, here's where these guys are in my final rankings. No, I'm not going to draft him because I'm going to wait till the end of the draft and spend low capital on this because I'm just going to end up streaming the position if I don't have Gronk or Kelsey. I guess we have Ertz now who can be thrown into that, but of course those guys will go second through fourth round, and do you want to spend on them? If no, then join us and put on your sewer boots as we wade through the sludge and the human feces that is the streaming. Of <laughs> and the don't forget Hunter Henry because he's probably going to be in that group this year too. Oh yeah, he'll be. He's going to be very interesting because his hype yep, train is going gonna go to. Through the, it's going to be out of control. But like, um, the, I'm ho- the coal is shoveling in right now, and they're about to get those logs from Back to the Future. So they can get it up to 88 miles an hour, and he's going to fly. Yep, I have him as my number four tight end in redraft right now. Like I'm not, I'm not shy about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't um, blame. And you. honestly, like if you if you wanted to make a case for er- taking him over Ertz, I, I wouldn't blame you. But I'm still taking Ertz as my number three. So, uh, but yeah, no, Mike. Uh, I'd like to thank the better Mike for stopping by. Uh, you could find him on Twitter at ff hitman, and as always, you can find me at Mike Taglier NFL. We're going to be back late in the week with JJ Zacharyson from Number Fire to talk what about What a hack! Yeah, I know. I, I I packed you guys in the same week. I'm pretty psyched about it. And you're going to be upset when you hear we're going to be talking about dynasty running backs with him. Um, what? Yeah, that, yeah, I knew my... Wait, it, wait. You, you bring me on. <laughs> you're, bring, you're bringing on the quarterback guru, and you brought you brought idiot me to talk about quarterbacks? I should you totally guys, bring that up. The fact that... You need it, to ev- evaluate your life decisions you guys need to talk about scheduling more i, I don't schedule the shows i just do them um but no <laughs> it's not, i just show up it's not yeah, my fault you, you guys do not want to miss that show just as you didn't want to miss this one but uh thanks again to today's sponsors pristineauction.com as well as fleaflicker.com forward slash pros and as always we want to thank you for tuning in but until next time lights out i just wanted you to watch me dissolve.